Active 911 is proud to partner with the Code 3 podcast. Active 911 designs technology for first responders to help heroes save lives. Learn more at active911.com. Stay humble. Listen to, to those that are giving you advice. Pay attention to your gut. And when all the signs are, when you when the signs are saying don't do it, it takes a bigger person to say, no, we're not doing that than it does to say we're doing it. Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. Every firefighter can recall the worst incidents in his or her career. You know, the ones that make a serious impact on your psyche. They may not have realized it at the time, but these are the days that helped shape their philosophy. You might remember that I was a helicopter pilot years ago. In flying, we called these kinds of days the times we scared ourselves. You invariably learn some lessons from these times, and usually humility is one of them. The realization that you could have had a very bad day is burned into your mind. Then there are the days and weeks or even months where things just continually go badly, where we question if we're meant to do the job in the first place. These are the times that keep us awake at night wondering, what if? My guest today has experienced both of these situations, but he has the benefit of a long career to measure their value. He's here to discuss what happened, how it affected him, and the lessons he learned. Chad Costa is a returning guest to Code 3. He's a battalion chief for the city of Petaluma, California Fire Department. He has two decades in the fire service, covering diverse territories from city to rural districts. And Chad Costa joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Proud to be here, and, and thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me, Scott. It's always good to have you. So you've had a pretty solid career this far, but earlier on, things weren't going quite so well. When you were in your early 20s, living the dream, as you say, the calls started going badly. Many of them involved children. Tell me about that stretch of responses and how it affected you. I think this is probably, my experience is pretty, uh, I assume is pretty common with with a lot of firefighters or just first responders and EMS people in the sense of I didn't have family that was in the fire service. I essentially was introduced to it from a friend and didn't really know what to expect. And when you think of the fire service, you think about fires, you think about uh, riding around in fire engines and and helping people, but nothing can really prepare you for the the things that we see. And fire services made significant strides with uh, mental health, with peer support, with just helping people understand how to deal with you know how to deal with t- these types of calls and how to talk and communicate and really take care of yourself and how to recognize when things are going on and 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 that's what happened to me is essentially 
essentially I had a stretch, uh, a short period of time where there was, unfortunately, I think, you know, this is going back 20 something years, but, you know, somewhere around eight fatality incidents with the oldest being 18 years old. So some infants, younger children, um, vehicle accidents, just you name it, things occurred. And essentially what happened was, is um, I didn't realize it, you know, but it was affecting me pretty significantly. Looking back, you know, there was a period of time, I'm a pretty outgoing person, outdoorsy, you know, talk, communicate, uh, have friends, you know, pretty typical male in his 20s. And all of a sudden, you know, I was kind of turned into a recluse. I was somewhat depressed, um, just just not myself. And I had no clue. You know, I had no clue of what was going on. I didn't realize that this is what was was happening to me. Um, and it and it really was wearing on me to a point where I started questioning my abilities as as a firefighter. I started questioning my abilities at doing this job. You know, there was alcohol involved. Uh, it was it was a rough stretch, and and it took um, it took a chief officer of mine uh, knocking on my door early one morning with uh, some kind of pastor um, he had brought with him. And he, and I opened the door and it kind of shocked me, you know, I'm like, how's it going chief? What's going, what's going on? And uh, he said, Hey, we're just here. We wanted to talk. And he sat down and he kind of spoke about, you know, what he's witnessing and the changes that he's seen. And he just was, was looking out for me. And uh, that was a, that it, those incidents and that time in my career uh, really, really built a, a foundation of understanding of, of, the mental health part of this job and just how important it is that we that we take it seriously and that we look out for our brothers and sisters and have programs and and things in place to to help people which i believe the fire service has made some great strides in so now while this was happening were you starting to wonder if this career was really for you yeah exactly you know it's a combination of a couple things one is many times we we go to incidents and you know we're delta hand or an emergency and we we have success or we have things that we can look back on and be like hey we made a difference and whatever i did or we did as a team you know made the, uh, a better outcome um when you have death and when you have death in children there's just no uh, obviously there's just no positive part of that and what becomes natural human behavior is to start to question, like you st- like stated, um, start to question, is it you? You know, are you not good enough? Are you not doing something that you should be doing because, you know, these children are perishing in, in your hands? And uh, so you were you were blaming yourself for the outcomes. Yeah, that's that's what was going on um, during that stretch. Yes, for sure. Were you treating it like the old theory of just suck it up and go on? I've spent a lot of time in my life, you know, after this, reflecting back on that on that stretch in my career. And, and to nobody's fault, um, I was raised in a fire service that is calloused. And, and there's a culture there of weakness. So... A culture of weakness, if 
you know, if you showed, showed that perceived weakness. And so I think there's some truth to that in that I just didn't want to show weakness. But what I would say is just as much a culprit is not having the education and the understanding of what was happening, like not the recognition wasn't there. And the only reason I really recognized it was because someone pointed it out and I realized that there was a problem. So it's a two cup. It's, it's usually two folds. It's one is, is you wanting to be perceived at not, you know, not wanting to be perceived as weak. The other is just surely not understanding what's going on. I'll be back with more right after this. Looking to decrease your response times with active alert, get calls straight to your phone from dispatch via the app available for Android iPhones and tablets. Plus get directions to the scene, have all CAD notes in one place, see who's responding and quickly identify nearby map markers like hydrants and pre-plans with a low per device price. Active Alert is a must-have tool for first responders. See for yourself why it's trusted by thousands of firefighters nationwide. Start your free trial today at active911.com. Now, several years later, you moved on from that. You passed the engineer's exam. You promoted then at a fairly young age, you made captain. You've said you were a decent company officer, but you lacked humility. That can seem like an intangible, but it resulted in a very tangible situation. So what happened on, on the day in August 2010? I get chills uh, <clears throat> thinking about it. So essentially what, what I'm to articulate what you know what you just said is and I think it's pretty common in the fire service today, especially is um, because of the, you know, the the growth of the fire service because of mass, you know, retirements and, and a lot of things. Uh, it's not uncommon for someone to make uh, promote to a, a company officer level and not have uh, a lot of slides, you know, in their slideshow, if you will. And, and I, you know, I didn't, I was young, very young uh, for that position and I had had incidents that went well, and I was pretty, um, you know, confident in my abilities. And until that day, you know, until that day that a commercial structure fire, I was a division responsible for uh, the roof and then responsible after that for um, most of the interior operations, not all of it. But essentially, I sent seven people into a building that uh, collapsed. And, you know, there was a moment in time where in that moment that, you know, I wasn't sure if I just killed seven people. You know, all of them made it out and there were no injuries. But, but yeah, this job is, is, is quick to, uh, to catch you, you know, off guard. It's, it's quick to make you 
realize that uh, you're not what you think you are. And, um, you know, I just think, I think that day my, my culture and what I was built off of was aggressive interior firefighting. And, and I think that's good as long as you're, have the ability to recognize when it's not. And uh, I didn't that day. I, I stuck with uh, that aggressive interior firefighting mentality. And, you know, I almost had to, you know, live the rest of my life regretting that. So, so just the message to go out to everybody is, is um, stay humble, you know, listen to, to those that are giving you advice, pay attention to your gut. And, um, you know, when all the signs are, when you, when the signs are saying, don't do it, you know, it, it takes a bigger person to say, no, we're not doing that than it does to say we're doing it. And um, that was, you know, that was an eye-opening experience for me that day. Well, take me back to that day. Essentially, um, a large commercial building, uh, an older building that had been renovated multiple times. It was a post office at the time of the fire. We had uh, what I would say, you know, light smoke showing from the front of the building. It was a difficult building to get into, as you can imagine, in a post office. But what what appeared somewhat benign and what appeared as an incident that we would be able to aggressively attack and put out, there were some signs early on that that wasn't the case. So once we made the roof, um, once a hole was cut, it was obvious that the fire was pretty well established in in the attic of the building, um, all the signs were pointing that uh, that fire was progressing uh, in the attic from the front of the building to the rear of the building. There was um, signs uh, of smoke coming from, um, you know, vent pipes and things like that. Uh, interior crews were having difficulty getting water on the fire because it's a post office and there's high ceilings and there's locked doors. And so it's a difficult building to, to navigate in. The signs were there that uh, we were way behind the curve and this thing was, was uh, way ahead of us. The ignorance and the lack of humility is to recognize those signs as I did that day, but to still push forward because you know, I wanted to have this aggressive firefight and I was known as an aggressive company officer. And it was important to me that, that I showed that. And unfortunately, the weakness is to ignore the signs and to keep pushing forward. That's much weaker than um, someone being strong enough to say, hey, these are the signs. This is telling me this isn't a good idea why are we still pushing forward? And, and, and so for me, looking back at it, it's just, it's just being ignorant and, and, and thinking that, you know, we're bigger than we are. And, um, you know, thinking that we're gonna, we're gonna do some good here. And in reality, you know, all I did was jeopardize people's lives by, by ignoring those signs, and and that's that's what happened. Now, was that a cultural thing, or was that just part of your personality as a kid at the time? I'm going to answer that question more of a first off, a little, bro- a little more broader. I I do believe that 
that in the fire service, not, not, not every department. I mean, you're talking about, you know, thousands and thousands of departments, but um, I do believe that can a cultural problem can exist with safety in general, but I'm only going to speak for myself and I'm not going to speak about the organization at, at the time because um, I believe, well, I will in, in the sense of, I believe this incident was more of my own personal ignorance. I, I don't believe that our organization or that organization at the time, it wasn't where I work today, um, bred a culture of, you know, of interior firefighting with, you know, with, with disregard to safety. So, so in, in this instance, I believe it was more my own personal problem. Although I would say that culturally in the fire service, you know, we've made some big strides in the right direction, but there's still, there still is, uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of risk being taken when, when maybe you, it's it, Scott, it, it, it always comes down to this. Everything is cool and it's great that we're doing these, we're, that we're risking, you know, our, our lives. And that's all, the, it's all good stuff. And it's all, it's all what the fire service is about. But when someone dies or gets hurt, we always look back and say, you know, what were they doing? Was it worth it? And we can rebuild buildings, you know, we can, we, we, we can rebuild buildings. We can't, we can't rebuild ourselves and we can't. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, is that although this job is inherently dangerous and it's important for us uh, to get in and save people and do what we can to save property and the environment, um, you know, we have to make that decision. Is it worth, is it worth someone's life? Is it, it, is it worth having to go to a mother and say, you know, you lost your son? And, and that's that's the part of me that's changed, you know, over these years in the service is uh, I'm still super aggressive. I still consider myself, you know, an interior firefighter. I still consider myself an aggressive wildland firefighter. But um, there's a lot more thought that goes into the risk and the signs that are in front of me than than ever was before and and honestly what what the trigger of that change was you know that day unfortunately so that day taught you the value of analyzing whether it's worth it in terms of what you get as a result do you save the building at the risk of injuring people or do you get the people out and just say that the building was not savable I don't want to sit on this, you know, I don't want to sit on your podcast and say that I'm perfect and that there hasn't been incidents after this one that, you know, uh, there, there are. Well, yeah, you, well, you know, we keep learning throughout our whole career. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to come across as like, uh, I'm perfect now. I just wanted to, I just want to make this the point that, um, that humility of that incident changed my thought process it changed how I go about doing my business and, and it really, it really kicked me, you know, pretty hard in the mouth, you know, to, uh, there's a lot of sleepless nights and, um, a lot of sitting down on, on the chair and just really thinking about myself and, and how I lead and, 
um, you know, we all have these incidents and it's just hopefully people will learn like I did that, you know, we're, we're not bigger than this job. And, and sometimes we just got to get out of the, get out of our own way, if you will. I like that. Well, I hope that hearing about your experiences will help other young firefighters avoid getting into the same situation themselves. Thanks for talking with me. It was good to have you back on Code 3 again. Scott, I appreciate it, and, uh, and, I, and I, I enjoy your podcast, and I look forward to the next one. And there's more about Chad's experiences and what he learned from them on our website. It's Code3Podcast.com slash humility. It's worthwhile reading, so take a look. You can also find Code 3 merch on our website. That's at Code3Podcast.com slash store. Or just tell a firefighter about this episode. It's a great way to get more people listening, so I'd really appreciate it. Chances are they will too. If you like the show, they'll probably like it as well. Alright, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll be here too. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.